There we go. Welcome to season two, episode three of yeah. Live Lunch. Yeah. I hope you are enjoying our second season doing Live Lunch. Um, we've got lunch from Papa John's pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, pizza with a lot of spicy looking things on it, just the way I like it. Oh, the last time continues the theme. Continues the theme. Today the we have time. a special guest. Well, maybe it'll be more spicy this, this time. This whole hat con- controversy of should Joel wear a hat, should he not wear a hat. So we just got rid of Joel. Wow. And replaced him, upgraded him with... I wouldn't say upgraded. Matt... I'm Let's glad you wouldn't, Matt. I would. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Carvel. Joel's on holiday this week. I think he's enjoying a half-term break. Joel, have a great half-term. But we have Matt Carvel with us. Mm-hmm, welcome. Matt Carvel is one of the elders at yes. Emmanuel in yeah. Brighton. A very clever man. Well, we'll get that far um, as well. written a few books. Uh, yes, two books. That's two true. books. So yeah. that's two more books than I have written. Mm-hmm. Two books more than I have written. Uh... <laughs> And Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us the most exciting thing, exciting bit of news that you have. Exciting bit of news? You mean the latest update on the Car- latest update Carl's Garden? On Car- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my Instagram account. Matt uh, has an Instagram account called Carl's Garden, at Carl's Garden. Nothing and spiritual about it at all. It's very boring and it's about my garden. But yeah. there we go. But the exciting but news... Follow, follow Carl's Garden for <laughs> updates on Matt Carl's Garden. I uh, asked Matt why it was on private and he said... I don't know, that's just how he assumed it was, so... Yeah. Yep, yeah. Instagram, um, Savvy Matt Covell on at Matt, at Carves Gardens. At Carves Garden, that's it. Cool. But, um, yeah, no, we're doing well, family is doing good, and uh, we're expecting a baby in November, mm. which is exciting news, so... Whoop, whoop, whoop. This will be child number two, we've got Ruben, who's three. Exciting! Oh, and, uh, mate, yeah. congratulations. Yeah, it's an exciting time. Very, very exciting. Congratulations, Catherine, um, if you are one of our five viewers who's tuned in right now. Um, but Rich please pass Felly. on our Hi Rich Felly Please pass on our congratulations to Will do, thank you Catherine And mm. exciting Look forward to seeing Baby Carville number two Yeah In November November Cool Do you have any names? Oh uh, no nah, No, not even Not even started on that uh, minefield But um, soon yeah. Soon It can be a minefield mm. Choosing baby names Yeah Have you just avoided having family names in there? Because then, how do you pick a juice? Oh, you mean like names of relatives that yeah, you feel? Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. So you didn't corporate. Yeah. yeah. Colgan says congratulations. Oh, thank you, Claire. Appreciate <laughs> that. Um, now, uh, yeah, it's it's we've got all to look forward to. Exciting. Mm. And there's a three-year gap between. So will Ruben be four when you have? Uh, no, he's he's we got three and a half. Mm. Three and a half. So um, yeah, he's um. He was initially not excited about the news, as you, as three-year-olds tend to be. He wants to be the centre of attention. Um, now he seems to be more accepting, but the concept of waiting several months for this to happen is uh, is, is proving to be difficult for him. It's, it's like, is the baby coming now? Is the baby is coming the baby now? Today? <laughs> so, and he said the other day, when's there going to be a baby in my tummy? <laughs> so that was a conversation in the car. What's modern technology. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've had some fun conversations with our kids about babies. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of our kids said, mum is the ruler of this family because she has the baby in her tummy. Mm. Yep, that, that, I'm happy to live with that. The one that can create life, so yeah. Yeah. authority comes with that. Mm. Yeah. Um, great. So, we spent 10 minutes talking about Matt Cover. Great, love it. Um, this Sunday, we... 
are coming to the end of our sermon. Yeah, nearly finished. Two-part conclusion. Um, uh, Megan, do you want to read the verses? Sure. So it is Matthew 7, verses 13 to 23. Um, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognise them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognise them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Brilliant. Uh, Matt, do you want to do... Wow. wow. Someone clearly oh. heard about the pizza. Somebody just walked in, <laughs> seen yeah. the Instagram live feed, and took our oh, pizza. That was. We like the show to be interactive. Yeah. So I think when you invite that kind yeah, of input, just, that's what you never get. Before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that guy, Joseph the Dreamer, follow him on YouTube. See, maybe that was it. Maybe because me talking about Carve's Garden, he thought, you know, not get enough attention for. So, you know. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He well. wanted the spot, spotlight for me on him. He just wanted um, a shout out. <laughs> do you do you want to do a thirty second summary? Yeah, I can of, do. Yeah, uh, of Joel's preach. Yeah, definitely. So as um, as you answer, it, you, you know, we're getting to the end of the Sermon on the Mount uh, series. We're going to do one more on it uh, uh, next on Sunday, and uh, in I guess quite naturally at the end of any sermon, uh, there's a question of okay, so what you've heard this now, what are you going to do about it? And Jesus is uh, pushing people to a point of decision. And so on Sunday, Joel was talking about that, uh, the, the need to make a decision faced with Jesus, faced with what he has taught. And um, and that decision making being something that, especially when it comes to spirituality, is something that generally we don't like to do. We like to keep our options open. We like to um, just see how things go and um being confronted with a decision i think people are very very aware of what you're going to lose what you're going to miss out on by accepting one option uh, you're not uh, open to receiving uh, something else but it's it's important it's necessary it's vital jesus is saying uh, and then jesus so he goes on to make these comparisons between different ways choose this or choose this there's these people that that say this but this is what's going on really and making those um direct uh, comparisons there really and really setting himself up as uh the the option it's either me or it's it's something else you can't have you can't have both you can't have a little bit from over here and a little bit of jesus jesus uh, he's talking about the narrow gate or and the way and he's already um talked about himself being the way mm-hmm. uh, we see that in john's gospel uh, as well and um so Jesus being different in in terms of all the other options um because he's he's saying it's me it's not a set of uh although he has just taught um uh, different ways to live and taught about life and what it's about he's not saying subscribe to this way of thinking about the world he's saying oh actually this all points to me and your need for me as a savior and 
being very real about that's not an easy thing to accept. That's a hard thing uh, to accept him and choose him alone. But that's what he's uh, demanding of, of, of the whole world to, to do in you know, response. Brilliant. <laughs> Megan is going to kick us off with a question. All right. But is mid pizza. <laughs> Shall I ask my question and then do you want to jump in? At some I'm all point? good. I can go. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the bit. Um, I don't want to get pizza hands on the Bible. Um, the bit that. You know, the bit where it's like, on the day, many will, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and how, and do mighty works in your name? And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Mm. That reminded me of um, the prodigal son story with mm-hmm, the older mm-hmm, son. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been around his dad um, uh, and doing lots of work and all that, but never actually got to know his father. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to. What, what do you think of that comparison? Yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a strong comparison. There's the same ideas going on there again and again in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is challenging people who have trusted their either their understanding of the the Old Testament law or their their own works, their own self righteousness, mm-hmm. um, and saying if you're trusting in that, you have missed it. You've missed what the law is about. You've missed what God is about. And actually, Jesus. Jesus said these come into the world to bring us to the Father so that we would know the Father, have a relationship with the Father, yeah. get to know God at a heart level for, for ourselves. So all the way through, yeah, I would say in the Sermon on the Mount, you have that comparison between what's going on in the heart Mm-hmm. and what's the externals and jesus makes the connection it has to be in the heart so that externals follow it's not that the externals are not important uh, but where the trust is and again so uh, yeah the um uh, the parable of the lost son uh, the prodigal son uh, w- would be an, another example of that when you know it, it, someone their externals you think well god wouldn't want anything to do with a person like that and that would certainly be the way that people have heard that story initially uh, and the person who's who's ticked all the boxes done the right things acted in the in the right way would be the one that is celebrated in the story and jesus flips it right around and said actually no you can do all these different things do them um and feel like you're very far away from god mm-hmm. but god is a father and i've come to bring you into relationship with the father and so there's that connection there so there is definitely that that parallel uh, going on there yeah i would say i guess the question for me based on what you just asked is <clears throat> Is it something where we kind of lose our way and get so focused on, especially people like us who are in, or people in ministry, whether it's voluntary or, or, or paid or whatever. Um, is it is it something that you start off because you love Jesus and you love uh, the gospel and then it kind of, you know, as, as responsibilities kick in and mm-hmm. as you mm-hmm. start getting your hands uh, messy mm-hmm. with, respo- mm-hmm. with, with, with stuff, um, do you start drifting away and get so focused on, right, this is what I've got to do and this is what I've got to deliver for the church and for Jesus, and then suddenly it just becomes, no, this is what I've got to do and deliver full stop. Mm-hmm. And is, does, is that the what it's talking about, or is it really talking about people who kind of, without knowing Jesus, just do stuff? Um, I, I think Jesus is primarily talking about here about how to get to God, how to relate to God, who's God happy with, who's God accepting of. Because I think Jesus shows the the um, in in the, the second part of this passage, he's talking about people that have come to him, uh, you know, hypothetically, and said, "We've done these things in your name," and, he, and he's 
condemning of them. He's saying, I never knew you. And, and the language that he's using talk, is talking about judgment. It's talking mm-hmm. about their, uh, it's sort of a nod to their eternal destiny. So I think I think what Jesus is saying is more that, that black and white, knowing God and being receiving the message of Christ and receiving Christ. And, and, and not uh, that's the, the, the primary way uh, the, 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 the thing that Jesus is referring to here rather than the way we relate to God and how so when we talk about the way here Jesus is saying I'm the way uh, it's not so much about how we go on of course how we go on in the Christian life is about relationships you know and the whole New Testament letters so many Galatians for example be um, speaks that issue directly. People say, right, we've come in through Christ, therefore we're going to lean on our own understanding, mm-hmm. lean on the Old Testament laws to get righteous with God again and, and continue on. And, and Paul says, no, that's mm-hmm. not, it's about relationship. It's about love. It's about the gospel again and keep going on, keep receiving the gospel. But I think it's that receiving, repenting, believing on Christ mm-hmm. as the way we receive him and keep going on in the faith as well. So let's say you read a verse like that and you listen to a preach on, on the verse. Um, is your next step to start navel-gazing and start introspecting and looking at um, where you're at and your motives and stuff or how what would be a good response to reading that verse and feeling like how do I make sure I'm not which, in that camp of which verse are you saying the, uh, the one where it says uh, I, I, yeah, no I don't know you oh uh, okay that one um, because you, 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 you might oh, fear, I see. oh am I which camp am I in am I in the camp of mm-hmm. false uh, you know, being like a, a, a false Christian or yeah. am I safe? And how yeah. would you respond to reading a verse like that? Um, well, I, I think um, what, what I said a minute ago about the heart versus the externals, uh, and I think that's what Jesus is challenging again and again throughout his teaching, throughout the whole of the Gospels, is what are you trusting in? Um, and I think these people are coming to Jesus and they're kind of like, seem to be making their case based on what they've done. Mm. And anyone who's making their case to before God based on what they've done, Jesus said, that's the, you've got it completely wrong. Mm. So I think anyone who's, you know, if you imagine yourself faced with God, uh, you know, at the end of your life and you're faced with God, how, what what's going to be the thing that comes out of your mouth? What's your appeal to God to to be received by him? And if it's, well, I've done this and I've done this and done this, you, you've missed the gospel because the gospel is you come to God and you think, I've got nothing but Jesus. Mm. Uh, none of my good works, none of my wisdom has, is going to be any good faced with the, the supremacy and the perfection of God. Amazing. But you're confessionate. No, I, I know Jesus. I've received Jesus. I've, my, I'm trusting in Jesus, not trusting in myself, my works, my wisdom. I'm trusting in Jesus. And and therefore, if, if someone is in that situation, if, if you're trusting in your works, repent of them and, 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 and trust in Jesus. And that's your basis of your salvation now and at the end of your life and for eternity. It's, it's, it's Jesus and trust in him. Mm. Thank you. Uh, really good, mate. Um, to switch that a little bit, um, the whole narrow way, the narrow yeah. gate and, and the wide path. Um, so Jesus does give the there's the the, the, the parable about Jesus look or the looking for the the lost sheep leaving the ninety nine behind and looking for okay. the for the the sheep and there's a sense of um, God's done so much yeah. for His people um, he 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 goes and looks for the one that's lost he you know like the, the whole narrative of 
the old testament everything god did to mm-hmm. point his people back to him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um then why does he make it hard you know even jesus when he when he speaks in parables he speaks and says i speak in parables people when they ask him why do you speak in parables is so that it would confuse people okay why does jesus make it hard to follow him okay um i think so two two aspects there one in terms of it being hard and this I'll, I'll i'll do that first and then the second bit about the parables i would say I, I, it's easy to see from just reading this first time that it seems that Jesus is making it hard. And you use that phrase there, why does Jesus make it hard? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think we have to remember the big story of the Bible uh, in, in terms of God created people to be in relationship with him and then they turned away from God. And because of that, sin has come into the world. All of uh, everyone, all mankind, every person is infected with this disease of sin that turns our our motives and our attention in on ourselves uh, instead of towards God and worshipping him and that sort of thing. So that's the situation that we're in, that all of us feel the effects of. We are broken people living in a broken world. Uh, And so when Jesus is saying, the the way to God is is hard. I think one of the big things that he's referring to there is the fact that it's 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 what's necessary is to turn away from sin. In a broken world, in a sinful world where everyone is headlong into sin, in order to come to God, you have to turn around. Now, and I think that's quite surprising sometimes to people because we like to think we're in a very neutral ground. In the world, like there's different ideas, different people, different uh, philosophies of life, different religions, and we're just, you know, we have some uh, wisdom and understanding, so we have to pick which one we're not. The Bible tells a very different story. Now we are diseased with with sin. We're broken. We need fixing. We have we have a great need uh, in all of our aspects of our lives, and therefore to 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 be free of that, to be saved from that, we need a savior, not just a different idea. And so, um, because everyone is faced in that direction as it were in a sinful direction it's hard to to turn around from that because it's different than what everyone else is doing and so jesus is pointing i think to the the need for a savior um in terms of in terms of parables i think um it's again a, a linked idea to come to god means that turning around in the bible use the the phrase repentance uh we need to recognize our need have humility enough to do that in order to take hold of christ and the salvation that he offers us um and so in order for anyone to come to god 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 has to humble them and bring them to a place of need now the people that jesus was speaking to and the surrounding wisdom of the time very much were um based uh, had confidence in their own understanding they had the Old Testament Lord and they would add to it and have their own interpretation that they would see as authoritative in terms of the religious leaders at the time. And so I think Jesus speaking of in parables is a direct attack on them in terms of you're trusting in your understanding. OK, I'm going to tell some simple stories that I think they are simple. I think we read them and they're accessible. They have huge depth to them, of course, that we can sort of plunge into. Um, but he, did, as you say, Jesus deliberately said, well, there's things here that I'm, I'm going to say it in this way so you don't understand. And I think what he's doing there, he's challenging, okay, you're seeing your understanding as a strength. So I'm going to humble you by saying some seemingly simple stuff that you're not going to understand because you're so you know, blinded in your selfishness. 
And so I, I think that's that's why he's chosen to uh, re- reveal the, the the kingdom of God in in that way at that time. And I think you know. If, <clears throat> I, hypothetically, if Jesus was to come in, in different ages at different times through history, there will be different uh, human strength that he would challenge, probably in different ways. Uh, but it's because repentance is necessary. Mm. Great. Holloway <laughs> <laughs> says, "Great, Matt." <laughs> 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 so good, Matt. <laughs> mm. Before you finish answering, <laughs> maybe just because of how well your hair is. Maybe, maybe it's just you know. Good, good. Get on with it. Next yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the whole Joel mentioned that the barometer of uh, understanding whether Christian teaching or whether teaching um, is false or true right. can be: Does this cause you to worship Jesus more? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to ask a question that takes that a bit deeper. Yeah. It says. It could be quite, if you have a, a personal inclination towards a worldview or an opinion or something, mm-hmm. and somebody shows you some verses, maybe taken out of context, or mm. which would imply that Jesus approves of your, of those, um, of your opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like, great, I love this Jesus because he approves what I say, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. great. Um, so how then do we, is there anything more that we need to add to that to say, you know, this is the true message, and yes, uh, Jesus should be glorified in it, but um, you can spin stuff anyway. Can't yeah, you? you can, and I think one of the big criticisms of uh, Christianity, which it has a lot of validity to it in one sense is you know people say well we believe the bible but you can look around the country around the world look online and there's loads of different people using the bible teaching from the bible would say they believe in the message of the bible Mm -hmm. and yet teaching very different things with very different emphases and that sort of thing and so you say well you're just all making it up you know how can anyone be trusted how could any teacher be trusted in that sort of thing um and where 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 do you start and and i think there is there is a i think we all have to admit that we do have cultural preferences, worldviews, and we'll read in an emphasis to the Bible that is probably not as fair as it could be, and we'll focus on certain themes uh, that other cultures and other situations wouldn't do, and they would focus on other things. And I think, in one sense, that's that's a good thing because that God has uh, given us so much, uh, and uh, there's this in so many ways there's, there's truth and wisdom about all aspects of life that we can engage with and um, hold on to and learn from. So that's good. I think in terms of like, okay, well, how do you discern then? How do you discern what's a helpful teaching? How how do we not deceive ourselves? I think, um, well, Jesus Jesus points to it here in terms of the the be discerning, looking at the fruitfulness. And I think in terms of reading the Bible and understanding the Bible, I think uh, one of the main things is is this is this teaching drawing me closer to God? Is this uh, not just uh, helping me to worship Jesus a little bit more, but actually helping me to see my need for Christ, the worth of Christ, the value of Christ, and it draws us to him. Because there is a huge amount of Christian teaching uh, that takes ideas and takes themes from from the Bible uh, that, that actually the goal of the teaching is the self is the person. It's about you. It's about you being better or more happy and, um, uh, you know, more blessed. And you can talk about that language. Now, I think God 
wants us to be blessed and happy and is for us and is a good God, is a father. Jesus reveals that to us. But that is not the goal. Jesus said, I've come to bring you into relationship with God. And the goal is here. The goal is God. And so teaching that brings us closer to God and, and brings us uh, to a greater sense of our need for God and um, uh, provokes our heart to come closer to the heart of God is 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 brings out the message of the Bible and the purpose of the Bible. And I think that's the sort of a discerning principle, if, it, if, there, if there is one, to how we can wade through all the different teachers. And I think because of the internet, you've got so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got access in a way that previous generations just have not to huge amount of different teaching and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, What's your wisdom on how do you... I guess there's some false teaching which is really dangerous, which could lead you significantly down... Uh, I guess which could completely blind you towards even um, following God or even being a Christian. Mm-hmm. I say Christian, you get what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's some teaching which, yeah, you and I can have a different view on it and that's fine. We can still live together in harmony. Um, what would you say is is some truth which is like, no, you really need to fight for this. You really need to fight for understanding uh, whether this is right or wrong mm-hmm. and not just, well... We can live all. We can live happily together, even if we disagree. And maybe is there some examples or some teaching which you're like, it's fine if we differ on, on this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> unless you're going to go through all the different topics and say, well, it's going to be difficult to answer that. But in in one sense, what I would say is. In terms of your personal conviction, yeah. I think on on everything that the Bible says, we should strive to have a correct understanding on it. I think there's a there's a there's an idea that can be out there that's like, well, there's an aspect of the Bible or something the Bible teaches that's not that clear and it's a bit difficult. So, mm. oh, it's probably a secondary issue, and and I'll just not investigate that. Mm. Now, I, I don't think that, the, that God wants us to do that at all. I mm. think the Bible says it's written so that we might have clarity and certainty about the things of Christ. Mm. And uh, all of the Bible is, is God's word. And uh, Jesus affirms that in his ministry. And so on a, on a personal level, uh, we should always strive to understand clearly, understand what the Bible says, not ignore any parts of the Bible. Mm. In terms of how we relate to other people that come to a, on a different conviction about something of the Bible, yeah, there's definitely wisdom there and lines to be drawn and that sort of thing. But in terms of trying to convert other people to your point of view, and every, and every church will have its uh, outline. It's the we, This is where we... Uh, our conviction is on certain issues and that sort of thing. And obviously we'll teach, uh, we'll teach what we believe about what the Bible says. But I think you should, on a personal level, keep, <laughs> keep striving to understand it for yourself. That doesn't mean you have to convert everyone else to the way you've, you've got to. But I think the Bible is a, a lifelong journey of understanding more of God from yeah. the Bible. And we should, we should not slow down on that just because some things are difficult or different people uh, land in different places um, on the, in terms of their conviction. Brilliant. I mean, we are coming to the end. Thank you, Matt. That was brilliant. Um, are there any resources that you recommend here if, if you were to understand some foundational views or some foundational doctrine? These are some resources that I would point you towards. Well, I, I think the, the the best place to, best place to start is by is by reading is reading the Bible. You know, you can uh, uh, underline that enough. I, I take, I take that. Like, yeah, I take that for good. <laughs> but but I, what I mean, what I would say, I mean, this this if. if, if 
this big Bible we have on the table here is the ESV Study Bible, and that's a great place. That is a great place to start because it's going to give you not only just uh, insights to each of the verses and more understanding on each of them, but it has uh, different summaries and articles within it that mm. cover the the different topics and that sort of thing. So I, I think that would be that would be a great place to 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 start. Um, I guess maybe rather than highlighting one or two specific uh, resources probably the other thing to say on this is do it in community mm. and 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 do it do it with other people and when you're studying the bible when you're you're grappling with issues talk it out with people that you trust people that you're accountable to in the church your leaders in the church if you're if you're in this church or if you're in different churches um because i think that is what's going to help you most think clearly about um what you're reading and and be discerning like and i think that's helped me so much in terms of what i understand okay bring even just that process of bringing something okay i've read this and i'm thinking this about it what do you think about that Mm. and and get some other wisdom and talk it through Uh, that's invaluable i think brilliant all right we've run out of time thank you so much for joining us uh we hope you've enjoyed this uh live lunch episode with Matt Covell mm. at Carves Garden to keep <laughs> up to date on the you'll be supremely disappointed with that is, I can guarantee is, is um, <laughs> see you later <laughs>